0: hello and welcome to actually best choice movies i am one of the hosts of the show my name is chris chafin
1: Hello, I'm Caleb Shively, the other one of the
0: hosts. Caleb, again, you're so far away from the microphone when we I start know. the I show.
1: Playing with that toy. I'm sorry, I'll put the
0: <laughs> toy down. Of all the of all the times to be so far away from the microphone, the very top of the show is probably the worst.
1: Well, now I'm too close. I'm like the microphone's in my mouth.
0: I I think you sound fantastic. Um, every episode on actually Best Choice Movies, we talk to you about two movies usually one of them is old and one of them is new. Um, but when it gets to be the special time of year, Caleb, I call it awards season. It's the most wonderful time of the year.
1: Yeah, and there's a big one. It's the big awards. Is the Oscars. Awards. It's the Oscars. They're post-nomination. Uh, so they're about to happen next month. But we're going to talk about uh, some Oscar talk. Uh, two of the movies are we're going to talk about are in the same category. Uh, and we do have a weird – we always do – two document- recent documentaries. We've done episodes like that before, and now we're doing two of the Oscar-nominated uh, documentaries, uh, both from last year. Uh, Flea, which has uh, two other nominations, and uh, Summer of Soul, which is uh, celebrated and will be airing on ABC soon, which is kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, from Questlove, Summer of Soul, and uh, the director's name is Jonas Poor Rasmussen from Denmark, who directed Flea.
0: That's fantastic, Caleb. I could not have possibly said it better myself. It would have been could impossible have. to say it better myself.
1: You could have uh, changed the inflection on how I said Flea, because it did. I did, yeah. I could have
0: done that. I could have done it's that. Amazing, yeah. Good character actor, right? I mean, good bassist, good character oh, actor. Oh,
1: great character actor. He tweeted yesterday, our friend shared it, uh, that he had diarrhea, which is funny that <laughs> Flea tweets that he has diarrhea.
0: I agree that that rules. That's very cool that Flea is tweeting. He has diarrhea. A man of his age, like to be able to get it up to, you know, go and tweet about having diarrhea. Fantastic stuff. (laughs) Uh, That's all this week on actually best choice. Movies. Before we get to any of that, so we're, we're talking about two movies that are both nominated for the Best Documentary Feature Oscar, the Academy Award, uh, so we wanted to talk about the other ones too, right, Caleb? Oh,
1: yeah, uh, just to, uh, you know, share the love, we are... Because uh, before our... we
0: did this, I was asking, where is the love? But now I yes. do see where
1: it is, yeah. Uh, we were listening to that song, but... In reverse to see if there's any satanic messages anyway yes so obviously there are three more nominees other than the two we are covering and they're great because they're all great and we don't know who's going to win actually i do not have a I don't know who's going to win. I have uh, favorites. Anyway, I'll get into the same thing. Uh, I
0: thought you were about to say, actually, I do know who's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, the three other nominees, I'll start with the one I didn't see, Hasari, to Writing with Fire, which is probably that you could track down easily on PBS. It's, uh, uh, well, it was on Independent Lens, and Independent Lens is a great show, and PBS is free. So screw me for not watching it. But it's about uh, women who le- uh, lead a newspaper in India, and they're shifting from uh, print oh, to yes. digital. And it's probably more nuanced and smarter than what I just said. Um, it's about
0: their, like, courage for being journalists. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, stumble, a, so,
1: yeah. a women-led newspaper in India is, yeah. like, oh, that exists? That's crazy. Uh, but that—that yeah, That, yeah, that yeah. is
0: more what the plot of the movie is, I think. <laughs> that yeah, yeah. that sentence right there. Yeah. Sure.
1: Uh, we didn't see it, so we can't say. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: saw a trailer for it or something. I, I don't know. Oh.
1: But it was a surprise nominee, so um, I do have other documentaries i've seen that i was surprised to get nominated anyway the two that did get nominated both start with letter a uh, i watched them both recently uh, attica which is a recounting of recounting of the attica prison riot uh it's very talking head and it's uh uh kind of similar to S- summer of soul in that it's just reca- capturing a time with interviews but uh it's closer to ken burns than uh errol morris if that uh mm-hmm. metaphor tracks but yeah a lot of uh Stagnant photographs and then people talking and the actual people uh, who lived through it. Obviously, it's a traumatic prison riot and blah blah blah. It's on Showtime. That's where you can check that out.
0: Haven't seen it. I Haven't seen. Yeah. these two are the only ones that I have seen. Flea and Summer of Soul. Oh, and
1: the Ascension I would say is worth checking out. Uh, I was really uh, impressed by it. I was uh, scared by it. I was amused. I was beguiled. I was a uh, harrowing. You were
0: experience. amused and beguiled. Ooh. It is
1: uh, everything that emotions can be because it's just a bunch of everyday life things uh, just showing people working and it's uh, all set in china just what young people in china what uh, uh people in their 20s and 30s in china do every day to get by the working life in china uh it just keeps it simple it's just what their ordinary life is like they have so many factory jobs in china uh and they find some really ridiculous ones like uh i don't want to spoil it but there's a uh, they go to a sex doll shop, uh, like real life size sex doll shop. And it's one of those things where, like, wait, what are they doing? Oh, Oh, Oh,
0: <laughs> that's pretty um, funny. That's and
1: pretty it's funny. great. It's from MTV films. So like good for them for making this beautiful piece of art. You could watch it on, uh, Paramount plus is where you could watch Just all the Viacom go to stuff.
0: MTV.com and they'll Maybe, have it yeah. right at the front. <laughs> they should.
1: It's uh, the coolest thing I saw that MTV films did in a long time, but yeah, a very cool movie. Uh, yeah, uh, I would watch it again. Uh, but mostly wordless too, so it's uh, just yeah,
0: just fantastic. It looks great. Like I was I was looking at it like while you were talking about it. It looks really, really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's very good. Ascension uh, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, it's uh, the
0: the plot synopsis yeah. is the absorbingly cinematic Ascension explores the pursuit of the quote Chinese dream.
1: Yeah. 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 That's- uh, the what that can mean but dreams are a big thing that can mean so much to different people. And yeah, dreams
0: can mean so much to different people, Caleb. I'm, I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I do feel nominees, like yeah. if you were saying like, who's going to win, I mean, I, I feel like as a, just a regular cinema goer, I feel like flea was the one that like really penetrated that I had heard about that seemed exciting and compelling. Um, well, but-
1: that in the sense, yeah, uh, where Flea also has two other nominations where it's also right. nominated for uh, Best International Feature. Uh, and also for best animated feature which is you know first time it's ever happened first time
0: in history it's ever happened
1: yeah uh, but uh, usually oscars tend to go crowd pleasing like uh my octopus teacher my octopus teacher one right won. so
0: it might be summer, summer I could summer. see it be seeing some and also cuz yeah. obviously everybody knows quest love and he's like a
1: you know it's player. also a very high profile uh documentary which those tend to win uh, also uh, the uh, free solo movie uh one after it's all its uh, accolades and uh, yeah Uh, And you know what else is getting a push on? I guess it mentioned it's going to be on ABC, which is like wow, yeah, that's a pretty
0: big push, right? Yeah, Uh, and also Disney putting its all its muscle behind this movie Mm -hmm. to win an Oscar, right? Uh,
1: It aired at uh, one at Sundance, uh, the Grand Jury Award for Best Documentary. Uh, So. Uh, I mean, it's good. We'll talk about it, but uh, I would, yeah, it's probably the two that we're going to cover. If I'm, I think so too.
0: You know what I would say has summer of soul has an, as an advantage and we can talk about this more when we talk about the movie, but like, I think the first 20 minutes of the movie are like the best part of the whole movie. They're really, really compelling. So if you're like an Oscar voter who like doesn't really (laughs) want to watch everything, but maybe you're just going to turn it on for a few minutes. Summer of soul starts. Great. (laughs) It starts really, really good.
1: Yeah. I, I do have that in my notes as well. Um, But yeah, uh, I do uh, wish uh, one of the two uh, COVID documentaries, both are great, got nominated, but I could see why they did. You don't want to remind people about that yet. But they're both great. Uh, Nanfu Wang's In the Same Breath. Uh, What a great director. Um, And then Matthew Heineman, who we covered a Matthew Heineman movie before. We did uh, the Rose. uh, Why am I forgetting uh, her last name right now? But we did a private war with I Care a Lot. What's her name?
0: Oh, uh, Rosamund Pike. Rosamund, that's why Rosamund I remember it.
1: Rosamund Pike. Pike. Yeah, so that you movie, can't remember
0: the totaling normal name <laughs> Rosamund.
1: Rosamund, but he did <laughs> the, the first wave. But yeah, both these things are about like the when COVID first hit, and I I, I was both enraptured in the thought they were both very good recaps of, uh, the the, the life that I just led.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, we continue to lead, Caleb. Unfortunately. Yeah. Now
1: I'll also shout out Robert green's procession because he's doing some crazy art with the documentary format, but. I've mentioned Robert Greene before on the show, but I'm not going to get too much into it. Uh, but yeah, I like documentaries. I'm glad that we get to do.
0: I do too. Documentary, yeah, I just one of the things I studied in college making documentary films. I did make a short documentary film, of course. Uh, watched the least. I feel like when I was in like, going to film school, like cool documentaries were like very, very popular. Like it was the time of, I don't know. Like we w- were watching Errol Morris movies all the time. Errol oh, Morris sure, sure. was still coming out with a new movie like every couple years mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and things like, um, oh, what's the movie about the God finding the freedman's like that well, had come out capturing around the that, capturing, capturing the yeah, freedman's. Yeah. yeah. That came out around that time. Yeah. Was well, that a, and even something that, like American yeah. splendor, like has that, it is like also a documentary, you know?
1: Sure. 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 Um, I do like the, uh, works of, uh, Stephen James. He did a uh, hoop dreams, uh, and then, yeah, the one that blew me away—I didn't know, like, I saw it. Who didn't know who the director was? He was like, oh, I just like the movie about basketball players. And then, uh, the same, he did a movie called Stevie, which is about him working with this, uh underprivileged guy. Uh, that one like threw me for a loop when I was a kid, and I was like, oh well, wow, documentaries are way cooler than I think. And then I you know, <laughs> watched all his movies and continue to watch all of uh, Stephen James's movies.
0: But that's a fantastic, it's a fascinating art form, uh, and I think it, you know, if. You could, I mean, you know, you can draw a through line from the kind of like hip intellectual documentaries of the late 90s and early 2000s through to like This American Life, who obviously had a TV show that was that kind of thing. And then the entire every single podcast that exists, you know, like you could say that that is where that impulse has has gone. And of course, people are still making amazing documentaries like these two we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. But that kind of those kind of like hip documentaries, I feel like. Our podcasts now,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, and there. I mean, I think we covered two the last time we did the two new docs episode. We did uh, Garrett Bradley's Time and mm. uh, the Death of Dick Johnson, the which both of, were well. Just, I like, guess that
0: is a, that is a hip documentary, I yeah. But they both
1: back. were like taking uh, uh, they couldn't be those possibly couldn't be podcasts. They just elevated uh, film too. They were just true, uh, real like yeah. You really couldn't like just say words for that one. They they, they really took the medium of uh camera and cinematography and all these aspects of uh fiction and like i mean what is documentary other than uh how uh we relate to a person or like how uh we uh view someone and then how that person a- 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 affects i don't know it's, uh, it's a beautiful, it's beautiful
0: it's <laughs> beautiful and it, what is the most it's the most kind of like um you know if you're a person that wants to make movies or likes movies or something it's like one of the most cliched things in the world that you would just have a camera all the time and be filming everyone and, oh yeah that's what you know you're say. abed or you're like john, john, wilson. john wilson
1: which yeah, is a great right? a beautiful show too in its own way it's, it's so smart think, and it finds well, it smart stuff
0: i love john wilson too i think one of the craziest things about that show to me is that he would have been filming everything he did for what like a decade or so 12 years something like that longer and then to actually, he actually made something out of it that is actually, like, everybody is crazy about. Like, yeah. I feel like those people who do these kinds of things, like, they, they don't usually, that it's not, that's not what happens usually, you know?
1: No, yeah. Uh, but that it, it, it's uh, great for him. Great, uh, he, I know he puts a lot of his friends on that show, too, in the, in the uh, uh, production. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Great. Hopefully he gets to do more long-form work, too, in the, the days ahead for him. The young documentarian, he always, uh, he's great at interviews. He always calls himself a documentarian. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, before we move on, I'll just like say documentaries always aim higher and therefore they can fall flatter. Uh, uh, these two don't, I just, uh, it's a thing But like as a person talking about, uh, movies, uh, right now, uh, and, uh, I'm more prone to uh, recap. I'm just I'm getting ahead of how I talk about documentaries. Um, <laughs> uh, like as there's less room for interpretation, you know what I mean. It's a more uh, like the film is the film, uh, and that's exciting art. Like you're just like watching uh, a, a filmmaker proceed in proceedings of uh, the truth. He just finds t- truth. Like he can't make it up. Like the the crutch of fiction is you could change the story. Uh, this is a documentary. It's a you, you, once you change it, it's it's not a
0: documentary. Well, I um, don't know, Caleb. There's a, that's an active discussion among filmmakers. I think. Going back Uh, to the invention of documentary, like Nanuk of the North is not—they staged things for Nanuk of the North.
1: Oh, that's true. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I get that. Uh, But I don't know. There's stuff like uh, the movie Last Man in Aleppo, or might one of my favorite movies, uh, Active. Like the movie that came out last year, I just mentioned Procession. Like those are a lot of. uh, It does make these harder things to take processions about uh, 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 priests touching the survivors of. The, of priests uh sexual abuse uh 40 years later uh, and they get to like re and uh they refilm their and get to make short films five people get to make short films about their thing it's wild and oh, yeah. impressive and uh scary and you feel for these people the whole time there's also a great angry guy one of the great angry guys of all of film i saw last year I was just so pissed off that he got uh touched by a phrase which yeah of course be pissed off man that's fucking I mean, sucks I, yeah i probably um, be pissed off about it's it it's kind of funny but like uh relievingly funny like i'm glad he's mad i'm mad um, that's funny
0: that is funny i like that but he's just
1: one of five and there's like yeah it, it, documents get to show you these like awful sides of things uh that are true but a good documentary can make that palpable and uh, Fleet probably does that. Uh, oh, and I, guess, I would say to an extent, uh, Quest of Summer of Soul.
0: Well, Summer uh, of Soul is a very different kind of film. It does, I yeah. mean, it's a documentary, it, sort of. Yeah. It uh, is a documentary. Obviously, we can t- We'll talk about it when we talk. But yeah. it's not. It's not like the kind of film that we're like an Errol Morris movie. Or, but I guess Errol Morris, well, he's doing talking head stuff too, right? And reenactments. Yeah. So it, it is it's, like an Errol Morris. It movie. is. Yeah.
1: I would say there's a, a a thing that reminded me of Errol Morris does, which we are getting ahead of ourselves, and we'll move on slowly. Is that uh. He lets the people watch the film. Like, it, yeah,
0: that like, is true. That's true. Yeah. Uh,
1: but before we get to any of that, I just want to say, Chris, did you have, while well, we uh, have our first episode after the nominations, is there any uh, quick reactions you have? Oh,
0: other about- reactions that I have? Well, of course, you heard rumblings that um, Don't Look Up was going to get so many nominations. It was, And that uh, everybody for being the Ricardos was going to get nominated. These were locks. I mean, you and I were talking about this but it was still just depressing to see it happen um the to see the things like isn't Don't Look Up nominated for best picture it's
1: best picture but yeah it's I mean, com- uh, very that's much pretty no-
0: depressing
1: it is but also i mean i don't like belfast was i I'm, you know me i don't like belfast and i didn't think uh, i mean i was i'm fine with coda being but like dumb movies get nominated all the time green book fucking won that shit i mean Nina coda is that's shit.
0: crazy i like that movie i'm a defender of that movie but it should not be nominated for best picture that's completely insane
1: uh but you know the, uh, i think there's like, a lot of like a strong five best picture nominees like if it was just five and these five were it i'd be like fucking thrilled uh uh west side story which i loved uh Drive my car. Holy shit! I am celebrating that so I mean, much. That's amazing. I, mean, that's, I, I, I still haven't watched so it. But... Coming to, uh, I believe HBO Max. Uh, yeah, I think March. Right. Licorice Pizza. Wow. PT in Every movie he did should, should be in there. Amazing. Uh, I'm a, also a huge fan of Dune. That's cool. That's a movie that's that very uh, cool. big powerful thing. And then also, and uh, wait,
0: what I uh, want to say about Dune, like, yeah, I mean, that is what should be. Happening, it's rewarding like a good imaginative popular movie like that. There should be more movies like Dune. Like it's, I mean, it is IP. Obviously, it's based on a book or what? It's based on a book which has been made into a movie and a TV show and another. But it's like, it's 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 original and it's original and it's interesting. And I think the more blockbuster should uh, be like it, that. And it made a lot of money, you know. It, uh,
1: it moves forward what we do of technical aspects, uh what we do, how we view scale, how we view. Uh, how movie stars get to act in these things way more than any of these marvels do it did, does a lot did, of the same like s- stuff like it's a franchise for big pretty people to right sure be in uh but it does so uh, in such a grander of more artistic skill than anything did, marvel would ever want to do that did we do that movie on this show uh i believe we did
0: i'd be okay I forget what okay, we okay, did okay,
1: it okay, with okay, but yeah. yeah i think we did. uh but the other one i would I, I mentioned and it is your our front runner thank god because it's a great movie for last year the power of the dog 12 nominations amazing. can't wait amazing. for uh like it's it's art like it's crazy how like it's kind of a little like it does explain itself we talked we listened to our podcast about it but it's amazing that this movie is uh, going to win several oscars
0: yeah i hope so i mean i guess what benedict cumberbatch will probably win do you think
1: uh i, I think he's in it and definitely cody smith mcphee uh, yeah. and I, I i'm still saying that uh she's your front runner jane campion
0: uh, for best at for best director, for best director yeah. I, I mean, I, don't don't see I her hope losing that.
1: I hope so, but I don't know. I don't see her. I mean, all the precursors are there. It's I mean, for actor
0: in, in a leading role, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win that category because they uh, could would give it to between, Denzel, and
1: uh, I would. I would love. Uh, I would prefer Denzel, but like Will McBethel, Smith, I you think. I, I hope they don't give it to Will Smith.
0: (laughs) Did you see this thing on, somebody had put up these screenshots of like Box Office Mojo or IMDb or something where there was, or maybe it was even on Google, but it was like the top 10 movies of the year with international grosses. And there was some kind of a glitch where they had said King Richard had made over a billion dollars (laughs) overseas. And it was the number two highest grossing movie of the year.
1: (laughs) It made over a billion dollars and still wasn't the highest grossing.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I did uh, on our uh, the movies ABC Twitter account. I live tweeted my reactions remember, to when these yeah. were being announced, and uh, so if you want to see my thoughts on editing and cinematography, go there. <laughs>
0: Which this, yeah, and I, I know you, and I know you have a lot. Yeah,
1: uh, I kept it because it's Twitter. I kept it kind of to three tweets. That's sweet of you. That's very sweet of you. <laughs> Probably more than I'm thinking about it. but
0: uh, uh, Maybe with five but, or six tweets. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I kind of went left and came, and came back to me. it.
1: I just did it till I was tired of doing it. <laughs>
0: um, That's how I do everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, we're going to talk about the Doc Noms yeah, now. to do we'll it? Doc, and then also with Flea, our first one's also uh, uh, international, cool category. Animated, also cool category. Is it a cool caveat?
0: I don't think it's a cool... No, it's like the category they made up to give Shrek an Oscar. That is true. Uh, but And you
1: got three things you could stream on Disney+, Plus <laughs> on uh, your animated thing. But also, uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines, which... Uh,
0: which I liked. I liked. I liked I liked it a lot, too. I was yeah. surprised that I... I, We put it on at a oh. moment of, like, desperation, where yeah. there was, like, nothing else to watch. But I was really surprised at how good All it was. All of your
1: favorite voiceover actors are in that. It's uh, very fun from the Lord Miller uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, animation
0: yeah, yeah. machine. And
1: also uh, this, this One about, we're about to talk about uh, <laughs> That's also a documentary This is also by Phil Lord and Chris staring. Miller Yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the first movie we're doing this week Is 2021's Flee Mine We're going to do it now boshi Those media That my brother is <laughs> back Flea
1: is a 2021
0: Danish documentary directed by Jonas Por Rasmussen and executive produced by the unlikely duo of Riz Ahmed and Nikolai Koster-Waldau, which is pretty cool. And I mean, they work well together, apparently. Um... Flea follows the story of a man named Amin, who over a series of interviews, which are very interestingly staged with him lying down on the floor with the camera like over him hanging from the ceiling, uh, reveals his hidden past as a refugee who escaped Afghanistan. It's not hidden that he's a refugee, but that's how he got asylum in Denmark. But in order to get that asylum, he had to exaggerate his story into a, like a westerner's idea of what a refugee story would be. His real story that we learn is a, so much more complicated, frightening, frustrating, and just like, like yeah, frustrating, I think is, is a good word, and just so circular and time-wasting and, and like soul-destroying um, than anything you would imagine or the kind of dumb cartoon story he's been forced to tell for so many years. But speaking of cartoons, this is the interesting thing about Flea, of course, is that it is an animated movie, Um, So the power of the story is not just coming from the you're listening to Amin and these interviews the entire time he's like narrating the entire movie, basically. But you know, everything is animated and the style of the animation changes from scene to scene. You know, sometimes it's like these kind of impressionistic charcoal drawings. What I think of is the kind of cartoons you used to see that were like sponsored by the Canadian government, like those kinds of cartoons to like totally crisp, beautiful pictures of, you know, children and landscapes that are like Miyazaki or like a Daniel Close thing in the New Yorker or something like that. But they're always like perfectly reflecting the emotion of what is going on in the story at that moment and are really, really affecting to see, and it's it's a, such an effective way to to tell a story like this. I at least to me, and maybe that is why it is nominated for three Oscars. Like we were saying, the first time in history that a movie has been nominated for animated, international, and documentary feature. I thought this was a great movie, Caleb. I found it super super compelling. Um, what what did you think about this?
1: Yeah, it's great. Uh, I saw it a while ago. I got a screener of it too. I I, I never get screeners, but I got a screener of this because you know it, uh, all its. Uh, Festival Award notice, we got it. Got passed around anyway. Uh, we'll shout out real quick the two other animated documentaries that I think are are great: uh, "Waltz with Bashir" and "Tower." Uh, there are more, but uh, with these three documentaries and all these animated documentaries, you're recreating the events that happen, and that is to relay the actual story. And "Flee" like it's uh, like a, or it's a refugee story. There's uh, so much going on. Uh, it easily could have been a narrative feature like it could have uh handed it to oh, a director sure, and he could yeah. have done it uh but it adds agency by having a real person share the story and that person just sitting down talking to his friend <laughs> like the director is his friend and they're just saying and also with the uh, uh animation it protects his a- anonymity uh which yeah. in turn uh we are uh, his real name is amen his real name is not amen we don't get his real name because obviously we're protecting his identity. with his friend and he's uh, uh anonymous it's uh we're, we're witnessing the true power of a documentary in, in that we see a person process their feelings which is like wow i get to watch like this real human emotion it, like he's processing trauma in front of me uh it, it, it's it, amazing yeah, it, right. and it's stylized the way too i, do, I mean uh, chris mentions that uh animation style You mentioned nfb the national film board uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah it's very um not uh, like epic animation or super detailed uh it's more uh closer to uh the princess cayuga if i'm gonna reference uh, uh Miyazaki movie uh where it's more uh slight and that the oh, emotion can fill is more about the emotion filling it right. than the actual uh drawing itself and they do and they, when they do show a detail like there's a one shot where they show him more close up. They show of wrinkles and anxiety on his face, uh, and then, uh, that's what animation could do. Like it serves its purpose, and it's as like what it needs to.
0: For a lot of the movie, he's. In the, I mean, there's. I have a lot to say about what you just said. I mean, one of them is like you're great. I also really like what you were talking about the way that the story is. We're watching amen talk to his friend who is the director and that is kind of the frame story of, of the movie and there's also like a story happening on that level of the mm-hmm. movie about like what's amen gonna do he's got this opportunity to go to princeton but it's like he has this partner that's in denmark with him and he hasn't actually told his partner this whole story and it's like maybe they're gonna break up or maybe they're gonna get married you know we, we really don't know yeah and so, like that's really well done and really well played, and it's and it is again sort of like a podcast where you're seeing him, you're hearing them go like, oh, is this is this okay? Am I sitting okay? And he's like, oh yeah, maybe just like move a little bit that way. And he's like, oh okay, cool. Um, and it's and so like that's all really well done, I thought. But yeah, I, as far as the animation styles, you know, it, it works well because for a lot of the movie, he's supposed to be a little kid, and he's telling you these stories of being a little kid. And they they don't connect perfectly like start to finish. Although at a certain point they kind of start to, but it's, especially at the beginning, it's a little jumbled. Um, so it makes sense. It's it's like you're seeing things from his subjective point of view instead of seeing the real world. You're seeing it like as he would see it, where like people seem gigantic or terrifying, mm. or they don't really you know they don't really have a face exactly. They're just like a, you know a uniform or something like that. So that's that was so interesting to watch, and I think it kind of it makes it easier to emotionally access somehow when, when things are abstracted like, like that. At least it does for me. I mean, maybe that's just something bad about me and my <laughs> ability to connect with the real world, but it's like somehow taking it this extra step away from reality makes it more emotionally easy to, to access, I thought.
1: Uh, yeah, it takes it to a point where you can uh, look at it as something that really didn't happen to me, but then uh, when the emotion hits you, it's... It's jarring, and, 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 and this is a refugee story. There, there's several times him, uh, him trying to escape that are just like, just if it like, was real life, it'd be like, this is just so chaotic like and wrenching, thing. but just like, emotionally, God, watching it, God, yeah, watching just, it you
0: it's like, the worst thing, like, the, oh my God, you would feel,
1: yeah, harrowing. like, uh, I mean, there's stuff like a, a, a flooded ship at one point, there's uh, this very harrowing giant group walk through the woods uh, that they they're all trying to, to the They seem to be border.
0: safe at one point, but, like, are they safe? <laughs> you yeah. Know? Uh,
1: and, and the, in the sense that it's animated, uh, it, like, pulls back and uh, just really shows you, of, like, yeah, they could... You could uh, animation, you could animate anything in the world. This is this crazy thing. Itself as exists is true, and this is what it looks like. Animated, it's like, wow. Uh, <laughs> there's also, uh, to the flip side of that, uh, there is also the animation does wonders not Just to help the suspense, but there's also just like nice little flights of fancy, or like, uh, like there's a part where he's uh, the Mc, uh he's in their uh refugee landed in Russia, and there's a McDonald's opening, there's a bunch of like Disney characters waving around, it's oddly surreal. Um, yeah. when he's in Russia, his uh, whole family's watching these telenovas that are dubbed yeah, in Russian, yeah,
0: telenovelas, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, and on the McDonald's thing you're talking about, it's funny because they do they're showing the people in costume dancing around in front of McDonald's and they look kind of like extra crazy and unreal. And that's one of the very rare times the movie switches to real footage for a second. It's as if the movie wants to tell you like, no, they really were, they really did look like that. (laughs) Like, I know it seems like we're making this shit up, but like, this is actually what they had at the opening of this McDonald's.
1: Uh, And there's also, I I think you maybe touched on it, but we didn't fully say uh, uh, like the other actual uh, thrust in this movie. Well, you mentioned he had a partner and like, in this interview he's trying to settle down with his partner uh he uh so that then we know who like he he turns out okay because he's talking in this interview uh but the author thrust of this movie is that as we're watching this child grow up he realizes he is a a, a homosexual and he realizes that uh, he's it's also a part of his identity and he's scared of that because you know he's a, a one, he's like a, a refugee. And that's also part of his identity. And then realizing that, uh, he's this homosexual man, uh, he's dealing with the, those complex emotions as it relates to his family. So like as a refugee, he's a target of like the government and all these racial bigots, but then he's also living in a fear of being targeted for his sexuality too. Uh, and then this family, he clings to his family, he supports the family they're all going through this together. It's, uh, Yeah, that's where Chris is saying it's frustrating and like, whoa, and gives this movie this extra kick of like, not just being a refugee story, which is good enough to being like, man, this, this guy had so much to still dealing with so much trauma and uh, is really just unpacking it for us in this movie that's being helped through this animation style yeah
0: it is interesting though i here's you know and i love the movie like i said i love the movie but just to play devil's advocate for a minute i mean we're talking about the difference between a reality film and a a fiction film i mean this film definitely straddles the line sometimes Like, like a lot of the stuff we're talking about these scenes of him them going to the mcdonald's or them being on the ships you know or them walking through the woods like they were this is so these are dr- dramatic reenactments of stories that he is telling you know to like illustrate what he's talking about i mean if if there's a true story and then you make up you write a script about it and then you have actors do the script and it, it it's not the real thing that's not a documentary <laughs> do you know what i mean i mean i know documentaries have reenactments but let's say this documentary definitely has a, has a lot of reenactments um and i think they work well and they support the story but it does you know it begs the question like like what are we how much of this is you know it's presenting itself as if it is factual but you know it's it's just a it, it's not it's not it's not a documentary and, and and a lot of the movie is not a documentary
1: it's uh, uh it's factual Rick, from his uh own rec- recanting recalling uh yeah so it's like uh yeah what can we say out of a person's mind is a fiction or a fact or fiction. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, definitely a blurred line. uh, I mean, definitely,
0: like, imagine if this is a live action movie and imagine if all of the actors are not cartoons, but they're, like, the most famous actors in Hollywood. Like, if I was sitting in a room, if you film me and I'm like, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, and then you cut to, like, you know, Tom Holland and Pierce Brosnan and Nicole Kidman doing something that's based on what I'm talking about, would you call that a documentary? You know, it
1: depends on uh, the director and director intent too. Which is, yeah, I, I, at a certain point, a director uh, just loses the handle. It would become uh, a film, uh, a narrative feature, of, over a documentary. Uh, but with, yeah, maybe uh, uh, the, the, the the animation helped blur that line in the sense that, yeah, I think it I mean, does a lot. They do hire uh, kids to for his uh, younger s- s- selves of him saying his stories. Uh, but they are no. I, don't, I I I mean, I took the the stories that he's telling at face value enough, uh, as it was, uh, you know, a gut punch after a gut punch. Uh,
0: yeah, this I mean, ass. I don't doubt. I'm not saying I uh, doubt. Yeah. The, I don't doubt the story at all. I mean, I, of course, I I, I accept the story as being true. And even if it's not true, I mean, it's 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 him telling this story. So either way, yeah. yeah I think
1: they. Uh, yeah, with the framing device, and uh, I'm not gonna spoil the ending, but like, there's a nice little like shot at the end of what, ha- like, of how they, like, even, not necessarily blur the line further, but, like, maybe uh, cut the line off to show that it's an ending. Uh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's it's good filmmaking, too. Uh, so uh, maybe that's where the, the line gets blurred, too, because, like, who cares? It's uh, it's a documentary.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, it is it is almost like, I know I've been talking about podcasts a lot, but it is almost like <laughs> it's just an animated podcast, <laughs> because it's just, like, a person telling you a story, and then there's... You know, stuff happening while it's happening. But I, I don't think that, I, I don't, I, it's like I'm trying to diminish the movie and talking about it for some reason when actually I really loved it a lot. I really loved watching it. I thought it was really, really well made. But I don't know. Yeah. The more you think about it, it is interesting. It is, it, what I think is, it's interesting that it works as well as it works because it just sucks you in and goes and it completely is like, like, uh, enrapturing. You know, it's completely captures your attention. Yeah.
1: Uh, if it was, uh, they do use the real, uh, even though it's not using his real name, they do use the real person. So I feel like I think of that makes it more than 50% <laughs> Yeah, if we're going by, uh, well, fair. Yeah, math- yeah. if we're going by mathematics, uh, which, well, like hey, I'm saying,
0: it's, it's, it's really this yeah. real guy really telling you this story. Mm-hmm. So like whether or not it's a hundred percent, and there's no reason to doubt that it's true, but I'm just saying, even yeah. if it's not true,
1: uh, yeah. And, uh, I feel for, um, and, uh, there's a lot going on. Like I said, he's uh, coming out, he's uh, telling his family he's uh, and then that's the story. And then the framing device that's also part of the story is that he's uh, living through his anxiety of uh, one being a refugee. uh, And like, you see that when he like, they have moments with him and his partner or they, uh, where he just is, you know, afraid to open up like his, they want to establish a life going forward. And he uh, just puts up a lot walls a little bit. Um, I think they animated a little bit hammer on the head at one point about that, but uh, yeah, it is uh, a a real guy's story, Uh, and you don't, I don't know, it's a specific story, and uh, that makes it, maybe what, easier to uh, stylize it as as this movie has with its animation style, I mean, it's great though, (laughs) it completely works as an actual film. Uh, it, it is interesting to talk about like as a, as a doc and maybe that's why it's cool that's also uh, that's why I remember you no other doc has got an animated feature yeah right uh, thing before uh, but because it mean, is like a ha- feature you know yeah. like it you know it is a, a thing going forward that maybe more uh, countries will submit uh, document documentaries uh, for their because I mean I think there's usually a, one or two uh, documentaries that are foreign... Uh, well, Taste of anyway. Honey
0: that you were talking about, right? That, that uh, Honeyland
1: is what it's called. Honeyland, Honeyland. sorry. Yeah, Honeyland. Amazing, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, I forget which country, but yeah, a doc and international feature nominee.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fantastic me. movie. I was thinking, too, about the um, how much visual language you have to be familiar with to be affected by that movie. And maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it's, it's building on the shorthand of all the stuff I was talking about before, like Miyazaki, Daniel Close, mm-hmm. like... Um, the whole like comic, this whole like that whole comic book movement that Daniel Close symbolizes to me, um, and and this particular way of, of making cartoons, you know, it, it's interesting because it just feels so natural if if you're steeped in that stuff. But I, I wonder if it feels the same way to people who aren't steeped in that stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean that's movies in general too. Like people who are steeped in even I don't know even. Uh... Making life or something like that yeah <laughs> i mean we referenced the national film board of canada
0: <laughs> yeah i mean they used to I show saw. those on nickelodeon all the time though they showed them like every 10 minutes uh
1: yeah i mean i actually still uh, I, uh one of the things during the pandemic is i uh because you could watch they put all of them on youtube uh for free so you could go and watch all these i watched a bunch of uh bob and margaret and stuff no oh, that's
0: fun that's yeah. fun i <laughs> i mean i always remember them being kind of boring but i was like eight years old and insane and so probably yeah. they're great right uh,
1: I would recommend if I'm going to recommend one Canadian short while I'm on my tangent, The Big Snit, which is uh, uh nominated for an Oscar. Um, the uh, big snit. The, the big snit. One of the weirdest things. It's absolutely beautiful, and uh, it was like from the '80s and pre like that uh, squiggly vision of just weird looking animation, gross looking animation too. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> Richard Condie is the guy's name. He's read a couple. Uh,
0: I'm looking it up things. right Actually, now. I should
1: buy a book from Richard Condie because I always think about Richard Condie.
0: The so. Big Snit. Oh yeah. yeah, I think I remember this. Yeah, yeah, one of the yeah, yeah for
1: sure. Close doc- Oscar nominations of all time is The Big Snit. Fucking <laughs> crazy. I mean,
0: 1985. That sounds about only at that particular moment in history. Could you look like this? And it's
1: weird that there's shorts are still Academy. I mean, I love that there's animated shorts, and, and that's where uh, Bug Bunny got. One Oscar only for Bugs. Tom and Jerry has a fuck ton, which is stupid.
0: That's crazy, yeah. That Tom and Jerry. It's interesting because like, I I always thought that the Tom and Jerry at the opera was a ripoff of the Bugs Bunny at the opera, but I guess it's the other way around. No, no. The Tom and Jerry uh, one came out first and won a bunch of Oscars, and then they made a Bugs Bunny one, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, the, I mean, it, uh, What's Opera Doc? And the one with Welcome to My Shop, Let Me Cut You Up, uh, Bar, uh, Rabbit yeah. of Seville. Rabbit Those are of Seville, like, yeah. Uh, way different in the sense that it's not a, a mouse sleeping in a piano.
0: It's not just trying to kill a mouse with the piano hammers, right? That's more going on than that. But yeah, the, maybe the first
1: one where uh, where Bugs was uh, fucking around with a conductor. Or he's a
0: conductor. What's Opera Doc? What's Opera Doc is very similar to the yeah. um yeah. Anyway, you wanna talk about the other movie this week? <laughs> yeah
1: speaking of speaking of music, um uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is a uh, summer of soul or when the revolution could not be televised. 1969 was a change of era in the black community. The styles were changing. Music was changing and revolution was coming together.
0: We are a new people. We are a beautiful people. That concert took my life from black and white into color.
1: Just about restoring history. That is a quote from a, from Amir Questlove Thompson on the documentary that he made, Summer of Soul, which was culled together from archival footage shot over six weeks in 1969 at the Harlem Cultural Festival in the former Mount Morris Park, which is now Marcus Garvey Park, and featured performances from Stevie Wonder, Mahalia Jackson, Nina Simone, the Chambers Brothers, B.B. King, and more, 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 more. Also, that 1969 summer was Woodstock, which was also turned into a documentary and won the Oscar a year later in 1970. Uh, the Harlem Cultural Festival, sometimes referred to as the Black Woodstock, should have also been on a similar trajectory. And with this recut, retelling, reappraisal of the festival from Questlove, we see the reasons why that could have never been uh, a reason being, this was a festival made by black people for black people, an event designed to channel the collective anger about the assassinations of civil rights leaders and the rise of black power movement into a cathartic celebration of black pride amongst the people themselves and the Harlem community. Uh, combining interviews from performers, concert goers, and backstage personnel, we get a unique look of the time and a uh, reason to celebrate it. tell me about it
0: hey caleb so like i said earlier it starts off very very strong the movie i think it starts off right away you're watching stevie wonder in the fucking craziest outfit you've ever seen stevie wonder in this kind of a gigantic high collared brown shirt with a big a yellow dress kind of ruffled dress shirt under on underneath it short hair looks like a million goddamn dollars performing amazing like knocking the ass off the crowd and you're seeing these shots of the crowd everybody looks like a million dollars they're all wearing the like the coolest craziest outfits you've ever seen there's people as far as the eye can see you know they're in this cool park in new york city that's got big boulders in it and then so that's happening and then and then the there's like there's talking about what's going on and then there's intercutting different types of film like different shots together with the stevie wonder concert to make a kind of you know for want of a better word, it's like someone, you know, DJing, like mixing these two things together, making a third kind of thing, this music mm-hmm. out of the documentary. And I thought like, wow, this documentary is like doing so many things with sound mm-hmm. and image that you don't see in film. It makes Imagine, yeah. so many films look in like embarrassingly dull and unimaginative. Like, it's so cool that Questlove made a movie. Like, yes, this is exact. He's, he's very purely combining like his work as a musician with this new work as a filmmaker, and he's making something so interesting. I'm so excited about this movie.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, well, to, to to joke to two points that you just made. One is that this opening is great. Uh, it starts off with that young Steve Wonder, 19 years old at this time. Is uh, that true? Is that the, yeah. Uh, at a point of his career where he's gonna like. Am I just gonna do? I, I, I believe Chris Rock says it. is it's the, point the of his only career? Chris
0: Rock interview in the movie is the <laughs> talking about this part of Stevie Wonder's career. Uh,
1: uh, is he going to be, just do his big songs for the next 20 years? Are you going to become this artist? Uh, yeah, he, Steve Wonder plays the drums, it's amazing. It, the film starts off this way. It gives the film a really, check out this amazing shit vibe. <laughs> uh, and it's great. And, the, uh, all the performances are great, but it's a, a great one to start off the film with. And yes, uh, uh, uh kudos to Questlove, uh, Qu- Questlove and his editor, Joshua Pearson, uh, working with a kind of like a short narrative, just like, Oh yeah, let's just recap uh, this thing that happened and like talk about uh, the times, like talk about 1969 and like what these are, it's kind of like not much of a narrative, but the way he establishes the era and then like what you're saying, like he perfectly has these conversations with the footage uh, and like he's editing all these beautiful montages and like he's working with archival footage. And so he has to like, Oh cool. That's a cool shot there. Let's put that shot there. Yeah. Uh and like, yeah, it's like people talking through it. All this music plays in the background. Uh, wow. And, uh, you know, uh, what the say about drummers is they have really good timing. Questlove is uh, one of the most well-known drummers of our lifetime. And, man, he has good timing
0: here. Yeah, it just feels amazing. Like he's,
1: yeah, it just feels musical and vibrant. It's very, very, well put together. Uh, he's like weaving in stories uh, as this music plays uh, about the music itself and about what it meant. And he's talking to, like, all these people who uh, were, he's talking to the people making music and also the uh, people who were there uh, and who never lost that feeling of, like, what it meant to them. And And it's such a good seeing them relive that feeling.
0: And it's got, I mean, the lineup of the concert, you have to say, is completely amazing. It's this concert that happened in New York City over the course of, like, the entire summer. It's like a concert series. So they're like, uh, they keep comparing it to Woodstock, you know, and. Of course, the thing about Woodstock is it was like a weekend. But this, so they're saying like, oh, you know, 100 million people came to this concert. But it's like over the course of the the entire summer. But like the lineup is amazing. Like you got like David Ruffin from The Temptations, the Staples Singers, uh, Mahalia Jackson. uh, yeah, man. Oh, like the Staple Sisters, yeah, and their family. And you know, uh, Mavis Staples obviously is part of the Staples Sisters. Um, you've got Sly and the Family Stone. Sly and the I mean, Family Stone,
1: which was nineteen. This is nineteen sixty nine. They were big in this. Getting like the rise of how huge they were, and uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'm
0: just uh, the I'm just Fifth, Dimension, to sing, Fifth Dimension. Who um, yeah. sing "Let the Sunshine"? And they have extensive interviews with the Fifth Dimension about their approach to the music industry and how people reacted to them, which were actually super interesting to hear. I mean, if you're not familiar, right, the Age of Aquarius. It's it's a song that okay, is like yeah. was very, very, very popular. It's from the musical Hair. And they have a really interesting story about how they got to record it, which is really fascinating. But they talk a lot about how, like, basically people thought they were white until they would see pictures of them. And then they would just felt stuck in the middle because they would say, like, oh, you know, black people don't make pop music. And, you know, pe- black people tell us our music isn't black enough. And they like, you know, and she, at one point, one of the members of the, of the band says, well, how can you put a color on a sound? Which is, like, you can definitely tell she's been having that conversation for 60 years or whatever. Um, and then, I mean, a million other people I haven't even said yet. B.B. King? Did I say B.B. Oh, King? Yeah, King? Jesse yeah, no, Jackson no, no. comes by to talk at one point. I mean, um, uh, and,
1: it, 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 this is, uh, uh, like, like you said, the, the people, uh, the Fifth Dimension talk about how they're pop music. but Black guys' music isn't pop music, but people ready for that this was like 1969 things were changing for black culture uh even like the the, the stuff about sly in the family stone where uh like motown was still big selling huge amounts of records uh you know motown uh singing in a suit and then you got sly in the family stone coming out looking dressing all like hippies <laughs> Saying these. there was like big, a huge amount of like rock songs yeah
0: there was a lot of fringe on people's costumes i mean the fifth dimension also were wearing a huge amount of fringe which is pretty funny. Yeah, uh, um,
1: just a, a beautiful look. Yeah, the fashion of the time was also just, oh wild. my God, I the fashion is watch, amazing, I mean,
0: dude. Just to watch yeah. the crowd and watch the costumes that people are wearing, because it's this very particular moment, which they kind of talk about where it's like the birth of this 1970s you know, uh, black empowerment, you know, movement. Uh, but it's just the beginning of it. And it's really kind of mixed with a lot of like 60s stuff. It hasn't quite, hasn't become 70s stuff yet. So it's in a very weird place. And there's like, I'm just feel like I'm seeing so much creativity in the people, uh, in the crowd. Like one guy was wearing like a straw boater hat and he looked like a fucking million dollars, you know? Yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> one of the, wait, can I talk about another thing that oh, I liked oh, yeah. if you don't have, you have nothing to say about the fashion of this film. And that's great. <laughs> it's great. It fucking rules. Um, they have a long bit with um, the Edwin Hawkins singers who sing Oh Happy Day, which you probably oh, yeah, have heard yeah. in your life. Um, and it was really interesting to hear all about like the troubles they faced in the Pentecostal church because of their success as a pop band. And it was interesting to watch them, too, because they very much, I mean, we're talking about the costumes and stuff. They were very much looked like a church choir, like everything about them. They just literally, I mean, that's literally what they are as a church choir. And they 100% look like it. And you could see the crowd kind of like not being sure how to react to them at first, but then like really getting into it when they get going, you know. Which I thought was really cool.
1: It's an amazing film, I mean, a film as a documentary in everything we just talked about. Uh, but also, it just looks and builds the a real sense of history. And uh, I mean, music is a shortcut to that. Like, I, I know these songs; I get to see what they mean in the time. But yeah, I, I mentioned like even in the uh, at the top of the show when the interviewees are just watching the footage and just like feeling how like the reaction to it. Uh, and one of my favorite parts uh, that spoke directly to the history was uh, so th- one of the weekends, it's 1969. One of the weekends was when the moon landing was taking place. That was the big thing that was happening in the, in America. But they asked all these people and all the black people thought of Moonlight. I was like, no, it's a whitey on, they played whitey on the moon. Uh, and they're like, yeah, but they should give us that. We should like, they don't, they're letting us die out here.
0: And As part of starving. the segment, as part of the segment, they have, they're just playing these like local news interviews, or I guess some of them are national news interviews, but then like all of a sudden red Fox is being interviewed yeah. and he doesn't even get a cry on. They just, he's just like one of the people on the street is red Fox. <laughs>
1: these people were doing they were enjoying their culture they were enjoying their music and it, it was amazing and yeah i was probably when i was a kid i've probably been obsessed in the moon landing in 1969 because it's a weird thing oh yeah but i would have been I would look sure. back on it like no i wish i would have been into uh yeah Fucking seeing Nina Simone play these music songs. Yeah,
0: seeing Nina Simone. Nina Simone gives this amazing performance in this. Oh my god! Uh, she but it is
1: Young, Gifted and Black in it. It's amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah.
0: Is, is that true? Is that the first time she played it?
1: Uh, well, she in, in the film like she like talks about like how it was a, a poem, and then she's like uh, just saying it. Maybe one of the first times she didn't debut it, but like one of the earlier.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's she's giving it. sort of the backstory for it and acting like the people wouldn't have heard the song before. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, and I mean, one of the things I like to are talking about it, like this, the importance of the festival and stuff, it, I, I love seeing something where it's like the New York City that I recognize. And this was really like the New York City that I recognize, which was like th- something just happening in a park that's full of a bunch of people who are kind of like half paying attention, but like, it's absolutely packed and everybody seems like really cool, but there's also like families and, and, but then the thing that's happening is like the most amazing thing in the world, but it's also kind of weird you know (laughs) there's kind of a weird vibe going through this whole thing like nobody quite expected it to really happen and nobody quite expected there to be as many people there as there were and the even the acts sometimes seem a little bit like surprised you know when they come out on the and i think they interview some of them who are like say like oh yeah i didn't really i didn't expect to see so many people there and it is it just it's tens of thousands of people but um, I don't know. Just something about it was like I was like, oh yeah, this is my New York. Like this is like the real New York, and I I, I really uh, like we'll
1: seeing. It. We just all love free amazing shows that yeah, we, we're, we we're, we'll put right. up with the it. New York because it's an amazing city. And it's, I mean, I guess New I've lived like in Bed like the
0: whole time I've lived here. So like Harlem is you know Harlem is kind of like Bed So that was nice. Like just kind of has a similar vibe. um
1: Yeah, I did a lot for the sense of Harlem, and I I I. I so it's this archival footage that they they get it was shot by uh someone amazing the guy's name is steven tolchin he worked on dwight d eisenhower's re-election campaign and a couple television commercials uh and he was tapped by this guy uh, his name is tony lawrence he showed his great character in this movie uh to capture this festival on tape uh and then he filmed it all these weekends uh we got to see the footage it's amazing it's great footage uh, why didn't we get to see it for so long because they no one wanted to air or share this amazing footage for yeah i mean it is interesting came it, along.
0: as you're watching it you kind of think like well why was not why is nobody seen this before and it's the simplest fucking thing in the world like he just couldn't sell it to anybody <laughs> nobody wanted it no you just couldn't sell it to anybody but this yeah. is actually caleb where i would so i do have some problems with this movie um One of them, I would say, we do learn the backstory of, like, why is this thing being shot, and who are the people that did it, and who are the people that organized it, this very charismatic guy who worked in the New York City government. That's really a fascinating part of the movie, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say, like, okay, so I am very curious what the relationship is between the footage that Questlove got, which, again, is filmed by, like you're saying, this very talented film crew that obviously had multiple cameras, and the sound inputs are all good, and um, they made what they were hoping to be like a finished special for network TV or something or a a feature film or whatever. I'm very curious, like how much of what we're watching is just that movie and how much of it is something that Questlove and the editor like reconstructed from that movie? Because in a certain sense, like 80, 90% of the movie is that movie. So it would be interesting because it's like, then it's not really the quest love documentary. It's like these people made this recording of this concert and you know, they're still alive. It's not like, it's not like he, he found it in a King Tut's tomb. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like right. it's these living people made this film that has quest love, like put some talking head interviews in and gets to say it's his movie. Like that's interesting, you know? So yeah. I- uh,
1: yeah. It's, it's interesting to see. Uh, it just uh, was like, uh, uh, just, 40 hours of footage, I believe, is what they said he had to work off of uh, and well, go yeah. through and find the find the parts for it. Uh, and I know what was, um, what's the word I'm looking for, digitized? Uh, mm. Not the actual, uh, obviously it's not the actual film stock. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wonder uh, if there's parts he couldn't use. Um uh, I mean, he probably. I mean, he's Questlove. He's taken what Spooks. I mean, if did you watch till the very end after the credits? There was a post-credit sequence.
0: Oh, I don't know if I did. I might yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: it's Stevie Wonder. Uh, it's that the guy Tony Lawrence, uh, and Stevie's like grabbing onto his suit, and he's like, "Hey, man, this is an expensive suit. Why are you grabbing on it?" And Stevie just says, "Well, it doesn't matter because I bought it," and then gets a huge laugh from the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> he just finds like. Stuff like that. There's probably like a bunch of just like weird stuff. That's great. <laughs> like, That's great. You know, just, yeah. Uh, just
0: like weird one-liners and stuff like that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like an entire music festival, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, I don't have much more to say other than that. Like, oh man, I love, you know, Simone. I love B.B. Um, yeah, King. Yeah. Watching him play guitar, it was fucking it's amazing. Good. Well, this is, uh,
0: speaking of B.B. King, this is another thing I wanted to say about, it made me curious about the filmmaking process behind this, this movie Around the time during the BB King performance, I was thinking, Oh, you know, BB King's so cliched these days. You know, he's so like, it's the dumbest, lamest thing in the world. But actually, BB King rules. And actually, it's really cool to see BB King. Like, he's a very talented person. But then I was noticing, like, they kept showing people in the crowd who looked kind of bored. And then I like there would be there would be like a shot of you could see like 10 or 12 people, and one person would be like kind of grooving, and everybody else, like some in some of the shots, literally yawning, you know? Yeah. And I was like. It was around that moment where I was like, oh, I wonder how much of these shots are the real reaction shots to the real people performing and how much of it is like just they put in whatever reaction shots they wanted. And then I was obsessively thinking about that whenever you're seeing like a close up of a drum or a close up of somebody playing guitar. I was like, I wonder how much of this is like been completely chopped to bits and put back together again and how much of it, it genuinely is what it is. Um, yeah, that's uh, very interesting to me personally. It you is, know? Yeah.
1: I mean, he could have just made, uh, I mean, if this not Hayden, he didn't, he's obviously not going to make this movie, but there could have been a movie of just of the performances itself. And I mean, that's what amazing grace that Aretha Franklin, at uh, right. the church was, it was just, uh, was, let the let the performance speak for itself. It, it, that's a good movie. And this film easily could have done that, but I love that they, uh, shot for something bigger reminded me of a different film one that we covered on the podcast uh from uh steve mcqueen from his small acts it reminded me of uh, lovers rock where like in the midst of all this racial turmoil and yeah you know, how how uh white people treat uh black folk in a con- country uh you know black people find love they still celebrate themselves and uh uh lovers rock was just what uh basically an hour long of people on the dance floor. It was great. Yeah, right.
0: And this <laughs> just movie just is, yeah, you're saying, them. I mean, right. We haven't, we haven't, but it is explicitly about like, yeah, you know, the black consciousness and black culture and, and the, you know, assault that black people were under in America, you know, at the time and continued to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And they, it,
1: they, they, it, yeah. It talks about like how uh, Martin Luther King died, Malcolm, died even right like robert kennedy and jfk died
0: but here is what i would another knock on this movie i would say and then i'm probably done talking about it <laughs> is um it does i think some of the stuff that has been put in by the modern filmmakers is a lot of talking head interviews and it does some of it has a kind of just tv documentary feel to it it's just stuff you've seen a million times before like we're hearing And I guess it's important because it's important that people keep knowing this stuff and young people keep knowing it. But it's like, you know, he's going through the dates when, like, JFK, RFK, uh, Malcolm X, and uh, Martin Luther King Jr. all got killed. And you're like, okay, I've seen all this. And then you're hearing it's just talking heads of people going, like, there was a feeling on the streets, you know? it was yeah. it was hot and everybody okay. was mad and you're like you're like okay this is how many how how many documentaries have been about this exact same thing yeah, it's just it's very true. like kind of by the numbers a lot of it you know
1: yeah uh i think we could go into the actual I'm about joint the of a wall
0: okay great you want to great yeah <laughs> let's say you had to pick one of these movies caleb or you had to watch an infinite amount of footage to try to edit together a documentary.
1: Oh man. I would love to do that. Maybe, maybe that's what my heaven is like anyway.
0: I mean, it's in your Uh, power Just start recording everything (laughs) with your iPhone and then make a documentary.
1: I guess so. Damn. I don't want to do that. Um, Anyway. uh, Well, yeah, there I I did love it. It's a, it's a joyful movie, summer of soul. Um, but yeah, it does stretch out, uh, a lot of it's good vibes over, see how far it could spread and that's not a bad thing and it, it's good and i think uh, a lot of people will watch it and be like have great things to say about it and also people might like be bored in the in-between spots uh it, it, it's a, it's a great movie um i i kind of hoping it wins for the sense that uh like i mentioned uh woodstock one right uh, so like yeah well this is a, a equally as great of footage um anyway but i am picking flea it is uh an oddly a feel-good doc i felt felt like it, it's for all you know, a movie about a refugee and anxiety this guy feels it i had a good ending for me and a, a, a good sentence i could describe it as it's a rootless man establishing roots it, it's uh i don't know it just hit me in a more emotional space uh and it just think about it it's like thinking like how bigger than it is than me which is what a good documentary does and uh, both these documentaries make you feel like wow the world is such big and beautiful and, Whereas Summer of Soul kind of, like, looks back and this flea kind of, like, looks forward, too. In that sense, it's, like, wow, what a powerful things documentaries can do.
0: <laughs> I totally agree with you, Caleb. Uh, Summer of Soul is very dynamic and it has some extremely moving parts to it but much like actually attending a music festival those tend to be separated by lots of stuff that's like kind of boring and you're kind of checked out a little bit and you know you're not you're like is this this isn't really for me but then something happens that's like amazing 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 like very insightful very captivating um amazing art and then again you maybe drift for like 15 minutes or so with some things that are like okay well this is fine Um, whereas on the other hand, I mean, it was interesting too. Obviously it has a lot of musical performances to fit in and those all take up time and quest love, obviously it is feeling like, um, like a certain duty to the artists to present like a pretty big chunk of them performing like one song like almost everybody i would them of the major people i mean he even shows like a ventriloquist performing for a oh, little yeah. bit he definitely seems to and i used to have this problem when i was an arts writer which is you feel this like responsibility to the artists that you you want to be accurately representing what what the, what the thing was like but you know that isn't really what you always have to do it's a little boring for the for the reader or for the viewer sometimes, but it's like, kind of like you don't care. Cause you're like, fuck you. Like all this stuff is really good and you should know about it. And yeah. I, I respect that. But, um, having said that, yeah, I mean, flea clocks in at like a lean 90, 90 something minutes. It's incredibly moving. It's, very, it's a very interesting story. And and like I was saying in my introduction, I love the way that it complicates a refugee story. It's, it's so much more strange than you could imagine what it means. And this is something everybody knows about, right? And this is the kind of thing people win Pulitzer Prizes for writing about, which is like, what does it really mean to say like, I'm a refugee from Afghanistan? Like how in the world did you actually get from Afghanistan to Denmark? Yeah. And like, what kinds of things did you really, really go through I mean, it's it's so much stranger and sadder than you could possibly imagine, mm-hmm. and it's presented in such a compelling way. In and, and like you're saying, I mean, I know I'm kind of a baby sometimes, but it doesn't it it bad things happen in the movie, but the movie isn't concerned with making you feel bad, you know? And yeah,
1: it's softer in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, so software,
0: yeah. i really liked it a lot i thought flea was a great yeah. movie and i i would definitely recommend it to to anybody
1: yeah. uh both these movies are streaming on hulu you can go see them uh and uh good for us for not even mentioning the lin-manuel shoehorn oh god ridiculous that's very <laughs> like so it was hugh masakela which is kind of cool but then yeah
0: i was yeah, like oh was...
1: no he's in there for a bit
0: you know that stuff. they got you know that he must hang they must hang out like quest love is definitely the kind of guy that wouldn't like oh, yeah, know win they... and like you know just you just got to put you interview him for the movie and you know you spend a whole <laughs> afternoon interviewing him and you just feel like oh, we got to put in something you know we had lynn lynn said all that good stuff about this one about herbie hancock who played at the festival also right yeah uh... Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, that's it, everybody. Actually, best choice movies go see uh, Flea. And when I say go see, I mean stream it on your couch and don't go anywhere. Yeah, um, yeah that's it. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: 2021's flea 2021's flea 2021's flea 2021's uh, a flea in a haypenny. penny um, bring the no. there where did you come from where did you go where did you come from god najo. hey
1: hey
0: yeah thank you very much